I'd love for you to have your Bibles open or maybe bring it up, uh, this passage on your phone. Uh, maybe you have the Version app or another Bible app on your phone. Mark chapter 4. Uh, we're going to continue in our series going verse by verse, chapter by chapter through uh, the book of Mark. And today... We find ourselves in chapter 4. we got 20 verses uh, to learn from and, and go through, uh, so I'd love for you to have it uh, there in front of you. Yesterday uh, afternoon, uh, our family spent some time with our extended family uh, celebrating uh, one of our um, family members' graduation from high school, and part of the day we spent at Sluggers and Putters down in Canal Fulton. Um, some of you maybe have been there before, kind of mini golf, batting cages, go-kart type place, um, and I took my eight-year-old nephew out on the go-karts, and uh, he's kind of a, a by-the-book uh, type child, and uh, so we get onto the go-kart, and he notices there on the, on the side of the go-kart, there's a sticker, it says, no bumping, and uh, he said, Uncle Tom, I want you to know there's no bumping on this racetrack, and I said, Ever I said Everett, I said, so well, you know, like, bump drafting is an acceptable practice uh, on the go-kart course, and uh, just before we're getting ready to pull out of the uh, kind of uh, entryway there, or as you pulling out on the course, he says, I also want you know, like, you're not, ex he says, I want you know, like, you're not planning to go fast, are you? <laughs> and I said, Everett, I said, the purpose of go-karts is to go as fast as we can to beat the rest of the racers that are out there, and Everett had a great time. Uh, on the course. But I had to remind Everett of a few things, that the purpose of the go-karts, he had seemed to forgot that, uh, the purpose of what we were doing. And I don't know about you, but sometimes I can um, maybe forget the life that I, you and I as followers of Jesus have been invited into, the life we've been invited to live beyond these walls, representing the heart of God, to show and to share the heart of God beyond these walls. I can, be, I, can, I can forget about that. In the midst of life, whether it be pills and parenting or car repairs, vacations, work, laundry, whatever it might be, life kind of comes at us and we can just kind of slip into a going through the motions as followers of Jesus and miss and forget about the invitation that all of us as his followers have received or been invited into to represent him, his heart, to show who God is beyond these walls. Maybe, it's, maybe you haven't forgotten about it, but maybe you're just discouraged. You're trying to do this in your workplace, in your neighborhood, within your family uh, unit, whatever that might look like. And maybe you've been trying to live this way, show the heart of God and share the heart of God with the people God has put in your sphere of influence, but it's been pretty discouraging it doesn't seem like much is happening. And I believe that's one of the reasons why Mark records this parable for us here in Mark chapter 4. Because this, this, before it came to us, many, many, many years ago, this landed, this letter landed in the laps of a group of followers of Jesus in Rome who were dealing with some pretty discouraging circumstances. They were doing their best to show and to share the love of God with those in their sphere of influence, those around them, but things were getting pretty bad. And I'm sure they were pretty discouraged. And maybe some just life had kind of come at them and they'd kind of missed or forgotten about what they had been invited into as followers of Jesus. And I believe that's one of the reasons why Mark records this parable, these parables here in Mark Chapter 4, to remind you and I as his followers, as Jesus' followers, the life we have been invited in to live. 
beyond the corporate gathering here, even at Hope Church. So that's what we're going to learn about. How do we live that life? And based even on the metaphors, the pictures embedded in this parable. We're going to kind of break up 20 verses. We're not going to take it all at once. We're going to take bite-sized bites, uh, smaller bites. So we're going to divide these 20 verses kind of up into three sections. We'll go through them, learn from them, and then we'll kind of bring some application. How do we live that life based on the metaphors that are given here in this parable? So Mark chapter 4, we'll start in verse 1. We'll talk about 1 through 9. This is the parable of the sower. A parable was a story. Jesus talked or taught many times in story form. He would tell parables. He would tell stories. And this is one of them recorded for us here in Mark. Mark chapter 1, excuse me, chapter 4, verse 1. Again, it says, Jesus began to teach by the lake. This was a common place that he would gather with the, or those that gathered around him. He would teach them. And the crowd that gathered there, it says in verse 1, around him was so large that he got into a boat and sat in it out on the lake while all the people were along the shore at the water's edge. The last time he was at the lake was chapter 3. And the crowd was so large that he had the disciples get a boat ready. In case the crowd gets so big, crowds around me, that I have no more space, I'll step into the boat. And the crowd didn't get that big. But now we get a sense in chapter 4, the crowds are growing. They're growing so much that Jesus can't even stand on the shore anymore and teach. But now he has to step out into a boat. So he's out in the boat and he's teaching those at the water's edge. And in verse 2 it says, He taught them many things in parables or stories. And here's one of the parables. And in his teaching, he said this, Listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed or scatter his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil and it sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and withered because they had no roots. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants so that they did not bear grain. Still others, still other seed fell on good soil and it came up and grew, produced a crop multiplying 30, 60, even a hundred times, which was a, we would consider an average harvest uh, there in the, in the Middle East. And then Jesus ends his teaching, his story, this parable, in verse 9. Then Jesus said, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Done. It's an odd way to end, don't you think? It's kind of a, Jesus teaches, he has this story, and, and he says, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Jesus tells a story about a farmer who went out to scatter, to sow his seed. And we're told he scatters or sows or, uh, his seed into four different types of soil. Some onto the path that the birds came and just picked up. Right? It doesn't even have a chance to embed itself into the soil. And then some falls on the rocky soil that, that, that it has its shallow soil and it grows up. But because the rocks are underneath, the, the crop cannot go down deep enough to get water. The roots don't go deep enough, so when it sprouts up, the sun comes and just scorches it, and it withers. And then some falls, some is scattered among the thorns, and when the crop grows, the thorns grow, and it chokes out the plants. And then some falls on good soil that receives the seed, 
It receives it well, and there's a harvest, some 30, 60, even 100 fold. And then Jesus ends with, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. It's interesting to note that listening brackets this parable. Verse 3 said, listen. Verse 9 says, he who has ears to hear or listen, let him hear. Listening brackets this parable. And the way Jesus ended, he didn't end with a cute illustration or call for action. It really was a call for action. Jesus, when he says, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. It's not just those who heard it. Though Many people heard this parable. Their ears heard it. But, but not many are willing to receive the invitation to go deeper. Like, what does this mean? Because many are wondering, you've just told the story about a farmer who sows the seed, seems pretty recklessly, scatters the seed into all these different places, and then he just ends. And what Jesus ends with in verse 9 is really an invitation. Are you curious enough to ask questions? To figure out, to ask, what does this mean? What are you trying to say? What do we do in light of this? Or are you just listening and you don't really care and you move on? And we get a sense by the next piece we're going to look at, the next section here of these 20 verses, is that many, not everyone, responds. Some are curious. Some accept the invitation. Some say, I don't understand it. And I want to know what it means. And that's where we go. Jesus, I believe, explains why he teaches in parables in verses 10 through 12. Just a couple verses. Now, I should say this, too, that ver most likely verses 10 through 20 don't happen chronologically. That Jesus, again, it said uh, earlier that Jesus taught many things in parables. So what Mark is saying is that all that was going to include the content, the most of the content of chapter 4 are parables. They're stories. And I believe what he's saying is Jesus taught many things in, in all these parables. The sower, the stand, the growing seed, the mustard seed. We'll talk about those over the next several weeks. But what takes place in verses 10 through 20 probably happened at another time where Jesus was with his disciples and others, and they asked, what does this mean? So it's Mark, the way he records this isn't necessarily chronologically, but he inserts it here because it's connected, this explanation, uh, the, the explanation verse 13 to 20 is connected to the parable. But Jesus here in verses 10, and 10 through 12 explains the parable, explains why he teaches in parable, ver, parables. In verse 10, when he was alone with the 12, so the 12 disciples, and the others. So it's not just the 12, but there's another group of followers that are following Jesus that have accepted this invitation. They've heard this parable and they've heard the other parables that we'll talk about a few weeks from now in Mark chapter 4. They've heard these things and they are curious enough to say, we want to know more. They don't understand the parables. Understanding doesn't, when you accept the invitation, doesn't mean you understand them. They actually are asking, tell us about these things. But they're curious enough to ask the questions. In verse 10, it says, When he was alone, 
the 12 and the others around him. So those who were, follow, who were curious asked him about the parables. Again, most likely not just the parable of the sower, but all the other parables that he taught here in Mark chapter 4. They don't understand them, but they want to. They want to know, what do you mean by these things? Why are you teaching, excuse me, in this way? What do these teach us about the kingdom of God? And here's what he says. We kind of get a description of why he talked in parables. It says, The secret of the kingdom of God, the secret or the mysteries of the kingdom of God have been given to you. The idea of secret or mystery in the, old, in the, excuse me, the Bible isn't one. It, the idea there is it's something that was hidden but now has been revealed. And what he's saying is the secret or the mysteries of the kingdom of God was hidden but now it is being revealed, and it's being revealed to you. You are curious enough to ask the questions, to dig deeper. He says, the secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you, but those on the outside, those who don't want to ask the questions, those who aren't interested, they don't go any further. They hear it, and they walk away. They're not intrigued. They're not interested. They don't want to go deeper. But those on the outside, everything is said in parables. It's, it stays at the surface. They, they just hear the story, but they don't get the deeper meaning of the story. Why the story? And what does the story mean? They, it stays at the story form. And then he quotes Isaiah. We talked about this back in the first week. We talked about Mark, that the book of Isaiah is, a, is the backdrop of Mark. Mark many times will quote and use Isaiah in images from the book of Isaiah embedded in his, in his writings. And here again, Isaiah chapter 6 is what um, uh, Mark or Jesus quotes. It says, so that they may be ever seeing, they see it, but they don't understand it. They don't perceive it. They hear it, they hear it with their ears, but they don't understand it. They don't want to ask the questions. If they did, otherwise, they, would, they might turn and be forgiven. If they did, if they are willing, if they're inquisitive, if they say, Jesus, teach, tell us more. What does this mean? He says, I have such good things to teach them, but they're not willing to hear it. They don't ask. It's, it's intriguing how Jesus responds to the crowds. You have multitudes. Let's just say it's 500 people show up on the shore that day, and it's so large he has to stand on a, or sit in a boat to teach. You would think he would do everything he could to get all 500, like, I want them all to accept this and follow. But it's interesting what he does. He puts this story out there, and he says, if you want to know more, come and follow. And we're told the 12 and others. We don't know how there's a group of others follow. They want to know more. And some in the crowd just like, you know what? I don't really care to know more. And they walk away. It's interesting how Jesus responds. It's almost like the story is a filter. The parables are filters to say who's willing to go further. Who's willing to take those steps. And then we have the explanation Again, most likely 10 through 20 happened at another time, another setting. Uh, this text probably isn't chronological, but at another time, they ask. They don't understand the parable of the sower. They don't get it. 
So tell us what it means, Jesus. And they explain in verse 13. It says, don't you understand this parable? How will you understand any parable? So this parable is pretty important. It says, the farmer sows the word. And some people are like the seed. When the, word, when the seed is sown along the path, the word is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes the word that is sown in them. Others are like the seed. Other hearts are like soil. People are like the soil of the rocky places. When they hear the word at once, they receive with joy, but since there's no root, it only lasts a short time. And when trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall. And he says, still others are like the seed among the thorns. They hear it, but the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, the desires for other things, it comes in and it chokes the word, making it unfruitful. And then other, and others are like the seed sown along the good soil. They hear it, they accept it, and they produce a crop. There's a harvest, there's a response, there's fruit, if you will. 60, 30, 60, even 100 times. So Jesus tells us there's a sower, and that's the farmer. And the, the farmer isn't just scattering seed. The image is the farmer is scattering the word. And the farmer is representative of Jesus. And Jesus is the one who's sowing or scattering the word. And what is the word that Jesus is scattering? It's the message. If we go back to the beginning of Mark, his message has always been about the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is near. The kingdom of God is here. The rule and reign of God is here. Not fully here, but you can experience it today. And this message wasn't just something he was speaking about, but the kingdom of God was something he was demonstrating. And the way he was scattering it was through his words and his actions. We see it in his teaching. We see it in his actions. We see those with evil spirits set free. We see lepers touched and made clean. We see the paralytics walk. We see sick uh, people being made well. We see sinners and tax collectors who were never welcomed to the table. Welcomed to the table. The kingdom of God is near. You can experience it today. That's his message. That's the seed. That's the word he is scattering as he travels. And the soils represent people. And there's a variety of responses to Jesus' teaching, to his demonstration. Some respond well and they receive it and they say, I want to follow him. I want to know more. And some are like, you know what? I really don't want anything to do with that. Some there shows promise, but then other things become more important and it chokes it out. Perspective is important. Take this picture, for example. Depending on the way you're looking, you're happy there's a boat coming, or you're happy there's land in sight. Perspective is important. 
And the beauty of parables today, the beauty of these stories embedded in the New Testament, embedded here in Mark chapter 4, is that you can take parables and you can spin them around and you can look at them from all different types of angles. And as you spin them around and as you look at them from different angles, you get a different perspective on the parable. And as you get a different perspective on the parable, you learn something different about the parable. And what Jesus was trying to convey. And today as we spin, so to speak, this parable around, we are going to look at it from just a few perspectives. First, I think there's two perspectives. A perspective of explanation and invitation. Jesus, I believe, uses this parable. We've had so much happen in three chapters of Mark already. And Jesus uses this parable to help those who are following him understand and explain, if you will, Why have there been so many different types of responses to him? Why do some people say, I will leave everything, my tax collector's business, my fishing business, my family, and I will follow? But others say, I don't want anything to do with this guy, and I'm going to try to kill him. We've seen in just three chapters a variety of responses. And Jesus, in a way, is using this parable to explain as an explanation To say, as I scatter the word, as I demonstrate the kingdom of God, some people are going to receive it right away and they're going to follow. And some people, Satan's just going to come and take the word away. And some, it's going to seem like there's a response, but when life gets hard, when the roots aren't deep, they're going to wither away. There's been a variety of responses. It's interesting that this is one of the longer parables included in Mark. We'll have another longer parable uh, a number of months from now in Mark chapter 12. And Jesus uses both of these parables, these longer parables, to explain what's happening. He does it here in Mark chapter 4. And in Mark chapter 12, he's going to use a parable of the tenants, the tenants of the vineyard, it's called. He's going to use that parable to explain his upcoming death. And what's happening. So he uses these parables to explain, but it's not just an explanation, friends. It's also, and I want to stay on here for a little bit, it's an invitation. This parable is an explanation and it's an invitation. We spin the parable around. We can look at it from a lot of different ways. We can look at what type of soil am I? That'd be an appropriate angle, perspective to look at it through. But today I want us to see the perspective of an invitation. This is an invitation to follow the example of Jesus. To remember again today on June, it's June 24th, that you and I, if you are a follower of Jesus, whether you've been following him for two weeks, 30 years, whether you're a middle school student, high school student, college student, you're an adult, whatever, whatever season of life you might be in, you and I are invited in to partner with God in what he is doing in this region we call home. Every day, we are invited into that partnership. He's already at work. And he invites you and I as his people, as his church, not a building, but the people to show and to share the heart of God with people that are around you and I every single day that are wondering, what is God like? 
how would God respond to this or that situation? People are wondering, and you and I have been invited into this partnership with God to show and to share the character of God with those in our sphere of influence. And I believe that's one of the reasons why we have this parable in Mark chapter 4. And these images, these metaphors, the sower, the seed, and the soils, these three images embedded in this parable, each one helps us understand, excuse me, this invitation, the sower, the seed, and the soils, the sower, For the word or the seed to be scattered, there has to be a sower. There has to be someone who takes the seed and scatters the seed or sows the seed. Jesus here, I believe, is using this parable to say, I describe himself saying, he is the sower. He's the one who's sowing the seed. But it's interesting, the way Mark uses Jesus and uh, describes the sower, he's not using it in such a way that says, Jesus is only the sower. But Mark writes in such a way when he describes the sower to say it's anyone who would call themselves a follower of Jesus. They can be the sower. Again, whether you're in middle school, 13 years old, you've been following Jesus for 50 years, whether you know a lot about the Bible or you know very little about the Bible, Jesus has invited you and I to practice or be the sower, the one who helps scatter the seed. None of us are exempt. None of us have, like Jesus would say, well, I'm not going to use them, I'll use them. No, he's saying, I want to use all of my followers to be, to represent me, to be the sower, to have the, take the word and sow it and scatter it wherever you go. We need to accept this invitation. The seed The seed is the word. The seed is the message. The seed is meant to be communicated. We communicate that in a few ways. We communicate that that with our words, what we say. Jesus taught. Here at the lake, he he has people around him, and he's teaching them. We are to use our words, and we're to speak truth. We're to speak on behalf of Jesus. Uh, There's the quote, uh, speak the gospel when necessary, use words, or share the gospel when necessary, use words. Words are necessary, friends, to share the gospel. We have to be willing to speak about Jesus and talk about his love and talk about the Bible. Again, we don't force it down people's throats, but when appropriate, when a question or a situation arises, maybe a coworker asks a question, we speak truth. But it's not just something we speak. It's something we do. It's how we live our lives. Because we believe God's kingdom, like Jesus said in Mark chapter 1, the kingdom of God is near. It's at hand. Is it fully here yet? No. (laughs) There's a lot of uh, uh, things we could point to to realize it's not here yet. But it's here. And we can experience it today. That's one of the reasons why we believe we are, should pray for healing. Because we believe we live in this already not yet tension. The kingdom of God is here, but it's not fully here. Not yet. But today, we believe we can pray for healing. So on Wednesday night, that's why on Wednesday night, this Wednesday, we're going to pray for healing. We're going to worship. We're going to 
talk about healing from the Bible, and then we're going to gather around people and pray because we believe God's kingdom shows up today. And that's why we do that. We want to see more of heaven come to earth. That's the Lord's prayer. Your will be done. Your kingdom come where? On earth as it is where? In heaven. So the seed we are scattering is the message of the kingdom with our words and our actions. So what is heaven like? There's peace, there's joy, there's love, there's hospitality, there's kindness, there's justice. We can go on and on and on. And God wants all of those things, realities, to come to earth more and more. How does that happen? Through his people, through the church, a sowing and scattering the word. Into what? Soils into various types of soils. And this is so important for us to remember why Mark records, and I'm thankful Mark records the explanation because there is a variety of responses. This parable isn't about the best farming practices. It's not. (laughs) But this is about people and how people respond when the word, when the message of the kingdom, it, when they encounter it, whether it be through someone speaking about it or show, acting it out, showing the kingdom of God through their lives, the way they live, there will be a variety of responses. In our role as the sower who scatters the word into various soils, our job isn't to prejudge the soil. It's interesting the, the places this farmer scatters the seed. If you're a good farmer, why would you scatter the seed on the path and in the rocky places and in the thorns? It seems reckless. It seems wasteful. Just put it in the good soil. But it's interesting who Jesus scatters the seeds toward. People in that first century context that many would have prejudged, uh, that's not a good soil. Don't scatter the seed there. Scatter it over here. They're more likely to accept it. It's not our job to prejudge the soil. It's our job to scatter the seed and allow God to bring the harvest and change the soil into that good soil that receives the word. We're invited again today. I'm reminded, I hope you hear it again today. You and I are invited again today to follow the example of Jesus, to walk within his ways, to walk in his ways within the relationships and the places God sends you and I every single day. He's sending us, we're going to Peru. On Friday, we're going to get on a plane. We are being sent, so to speak, to Peru. But every day when you get in your car and you go to work or you go to the gym or you go to the grocery store or you're in your neighborhood, you are being sent to those places to represent God. We call it here at Hope, sharing hope. To share hope with people, to share Jesus and his love and his character and his kingdom with people, within the places we go and the people we live around. The application today will take place when we leave this place. We can kind of live this out here, but friends, really the application comes when we walk out those doors and we get in our cars and we go home.
and we go to work. And we go to our activities. We go to the parade maybe today. Will we represent him? Will we accept this invitation? A few thoughts, reminders to help us live this way this week. First, see the person in front of us as made in the image of God. I wonder how this would change how we view people. If every person you and I encounter this next week, we, we went into that encounter, we went into that workplace, we went into that relationship, we went into that place with the reminder that the person in front of me right now is made in the image of God. Sometimes you and I, I can do it too. We could see people through the labels that we maybe put on them or our culture puts on people. And we forget that every single person from the youngest to the oldest that is in front of us at that moment is made in the image of God. And I wonder how that might impact the way we treat people. Maybe that coworker of yours that drives you crazy. They're made in the image of God. That family member right now who's mocking your faith. They're made in the image of God. That toddler who will not go to sleep when they're supposed to go to sleep <laughs> is made in the image of God. Every person you and I encounter is made in the image of God. I wonder how that perspective, having that perspective each day, each moment, would impact the way we treat people, love people, care for people. Listen more and talk less. I'm all for, there is a place and there's a time to speak, even this parable. There is a, we have to speak the gospel. We have to talk. We have to open our mouths and communicate. But I wonder, as you think of this paradigm, talk less, listen more. I don't know about you, but sometimes I believe we, we err on the side of talk more and listen less. And we have this information that we want to share. We feel like people need to hear. And again, it's good and it's truth. And we want them to hear it. But do we take time to listen and ask questions? I'm realizing more and more that people are carrying so much that we don't even know about. And we have this limited interaction with them and we wonder, where did that come from? Where, why did they do that? How did they, why did they respond that way? Do we take the time to ask questions or listen to them? Get to know their experiences that maybe are different than ours. Listen more and talk less. One person, David Augsburger, had said this, being heard or listened to is so close to being loved that for the average person, they are almost indistinguishable. We talk about loving people well. That can be, I don't know about you, but sometimes I feel that's a little ambiguous. What does it mean to love well? That's such a big, broad topic. One of the ways you and I can love someone well is to listen to them. Ask questions. See people as made in the image of God. Listen more and talk less. And then the last thought is pray like crazy. This parable, again, isn't about the best farming practices. But as we think of the soils, they represent people. And you and I can probably think of people that we could put into those different categories of responses in the soil, even the soils even today. And we, you and I cannot change the heart of a person. We cannot make them receive the word, so to speak, and decide to follow Jesus. It takes a work of the Holy Spirit. But Jesus, through the power of the Holy Spirit, can take even the rockiest soil and turn it into good soil. 
He could take even the thorniest soil and turn it into good soil. And he can even take the path where it seems like Satan is just coming down and stopping or hindering or thwarting what God wants to do. But even Jesus is more powerful and can change the path into good soil. So as we think about the people that God has put us around, we're going to pray like crazy. That God would use us to scatter the seed into these various soils and change people's hearts. I want to say for some here today, you might be hearing this parable and hearing what we're talking about following Jesus. And you might be curious today. You don't, you're not following him. You're not trying to follow him. But today, maybe you're curious. You're like, I want to. You're like that group that says, I don't understand this stuff but I'd like to hear more. You've seen some of our staff up here on the platform. Any one of us would love to talk with you. Our emails are on our website, hopebrunswick.org. We'd love to talk with you. Just send us an email. Talk to us after. Most of us will be out in the cafe stuffing our face with hot dogs. And, uh, but we'd love to talk with you. You might be saying, I don't get it. I don't understand this stuff. I don't maybe understand the Bible much. I think it's parable, but I, I, I'm curious. We'd love to talk with you. So today, this old story about a farmer who went out to scatter seed, I'm not saying Jesus is old, but an old uh, farmer who went out to scatter seed, some seed, landing on four different types of soil, extends to us an invitation. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. What it's saying is listen, hear, and heed. We'll do. And today, might we be willing to follow Jesus' example? as we go to the places God will send us. Let me pray and we'll sing a song and we'll wrap up our time together. So God, I want to thank you for this parable and um, even just the way we've looked at it a little bit today. And Lord, thank you for the explanation to explain why the variety of responses to Jesus' message and ministry. And God, I do pray that you would help us to be like you, to follow your example, to be that sower who is intentional about scattering your word, the message of the kingdom. A kingdom of God is near. You can experience God's economy, the way God wants us to live and the way life's going to be. Get a taste of it today. Help us to be intentional and be reminded of this invitation, this responsibility. And I'm sure we can even think of people who would be representative of the various soils in our lives even now. We pray that you would change the hardest of soils, the hardest of hearts into that good soil. Help us to persevere, even for some today who are very discouraged in living out their faith. They don't seem like they're getting anywhere in these relationships, friendships, family members, coworkers, friends. Just doesn't seem to be making any dent into their lives. God, I pray you'd help us to persevere. Help us, God, to share hope with people this week. To remember every person in front of us is made in your image. Help us to listen well to people this week. Help us to pray. Would you be all around us as we go from this place? And we pray these things in your name. Amen.